Worship team, please make your way to the stage, please. Merry Christmas and welcome to New Hope, where lives are changed and miracles happen. Celebrate Recovery is every Monday night at 7 o'clock for anyone with a hang-up, hurt, or habit. Women of Faith Bible Study is every Tuesday night at 7 o'clock at 2922 Dust Avenue. And we have our weekly Bible study Wednesday night at 7 o'clock in the Green Room. The Christmas play practice is on Saturdays for all ages from 3 to 5. Don't forget to get Candyland tickets for your kids for December 16th. Now let's get ready to worship. Hey everybody, welcome to New Hope Community Church. So glad that you came here to worship with us. You're, we're going to have a great service today. If you want to make your way back to your seats, that would be great. So I don't want you to miss anything. But there's a couple things that weren't on those announcements that I just need to touch on. Uh, one of the things is is youth group. Uh, this Monday there will not be youth group because they're having uh, they're going to a movie on Tuesday night. So Tuesday will be the youth group. Uh, you can kind of just follow up with Chris and Evan about the details um, on that. But there won't be any youth group on Monday night. Um, also, we're gonna have a New Year's Eve service, and it is gonna be awesome. And um, if you're doing anything else, cancel it. If you got a trip, cancel your flight. If you got plans with your family, tell them, bring them here because it's going to be a great way. If you've never brought your New Year's in in a church, I mean, it's truly the best thing. It, it was life changing for me that I spent years and years and years uh, bringing my New Year's in drunk. I mean, I, I've had times where literally I'd wait till midnight so that. First, I could give my wife a kiss, and then I could puke. And how many of you know that the way that you start your new year is probably the way the rest of your year is going to go? And I had one time, I had my pastor invited me 
to a New Year's Eve service, and we got something planned that's going to be awesome. We're going to have worship. We're going to have testimonies. We're going to have some hip-hop. We're going to have baptisms, and we're going to have a nice uh, brunch uh, right after. As soon as midnight happens, we're going to go downstairs, and we're going to eat. Well, you know, I don't really stay up that late. We'll stay up that late one day of your life to bring in your New Year's. Like, try to put all your excuses to the side and say, you know what, I'm going to bring my New Year's in. And, and I, I got invited, and I got invited to a small church, and there was maybe like 12 people there. And, um, and, and, it was, and I just listened to messages, but it changed the trajectory of really... Uh, it definitely my year, but like my whole life is like, okay, I'm going to bring this new year's, dedicating it to God, worshiping to worshiping God, and that's how the rest of my year went. So I just want to encourage you to be here. It's going to start at 9 o'clock. We're going to go to midnight here, and then we're going to go over and we're going to have a nice meal together, and then you can go home and go to sleep. Amen. So other than that, we're going to go ahead and we're going to begin in praise and worship because God is worthy of our praise. Amen. Does anybody have anything that they're thankful to the Lord? I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm so thankful of what the Lord has done for me. He changed my entire life, but I can tell you that I'm just thankful that you got to be thankful that you woke up this morning. I, I got a chance to visit somebody in the hospital yesterday that was literally fighting for his life. And when you go there, you realize that I am so thankful because he's not thinking about anything else at this moment. He's just thinking about surviving. But God woke you up. You were healthy enough to come and get here and be here. And you don't want to ever take that for granted. Every day is a gift. And so I hope that you came expecting expecting God to do something today. So why don't we go ahead and just stand to our feet. The Bible says that we enter his courts with thanksgiving. We enter his courts with praise. Amen? And so what we're doing is we're echoing the heavenly choirs as they're singing and they're worshiping around the throne. We're, we're staying here and, and we're worshiping from, from, from earth while they're worshiping in heaven. And we believe that while we worship, those two worlds will come together and the very Spirit of God will come and begin to move around this congregation and change things and, and give you ideas and give you strength and strengthen those weak places in your life. Lord, I thank you for today. I thank you that this day will be a great day, Lord. And I thank you that tomorrow will be even better, Lord. I thank you for breakthroughs. I thank you for turnarounds. Lord, I thank you for healings. I thank you for miracles, Lord. And I thank you most of all, Lord, that you saved me, that when I was still a sinner, that you died for me. And Lord, I thank you that you're not done with me yet. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. Quick time change. Uh practice for the play is 12 to 3, not 3 to 5. So just 12 to 3, not 3 to 5.
God of revival, pour it out, pour it out. Come awaken. Come awaken your people. Come awaken this city. in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen our God's victory. Can they get an amen? Who knows our God is victorious? Come on, who knows our God is victorious? Let the whole earth shout to the Lord. Be jubilant, shout for joy and sing. Sing to the Lord with the lyre, lyre and melody of song, with trumpets, the blast of the ram's horn. Shout triumphantly in the presence of the Lord, our King. Let the sea and all that fills it, the world and those who live in it, resound. Let the rivers clap their hands. The mountains shout together for joy for the Lord, for He is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the earth righteously and the peoples fairly. So look, this is not a stage. Sometimes we call it a stage. This is an altar. This is where we come to give our praise to the Lord. We know what he's done. We know who he is right now. And we know what he's going to do. This is our place. If we have burdens to lay down, this is where God comes and we have contact with him. And if you think things are going good in your life, who are you praying for? Who are you interceding for? This is where we wage warfare. This is our battleground right here. We stand in the gap. We stand in victory. And we declare our Lord is God and King. He's going to judge righteously. He's going to be there in every situation. Who do we have to fear? Is he not victorious? Is he not victorious? Let's give him the praise here. Let's give him the praise. 
Let's sing that one more time. The darkest night. In the darkest night, you can light it up. You can light it up. Oh, God of revival, let hope arise. Death is overcome. You already won. Oh, God of revival, in the darkest night, you can light it up. You
ask and he'll be given to you. Seeking you will find. Knocking it will open up. He will always provide. God shows his love for us.
you so much, Father, for dying on that cross for us, Lord. Thank you so much, Father, for rising up from that grave, Lord. Thank you so much, Father, for just being in our lives, Lord, waking us up today, Lord. Lord, we thank you so much. Father, we thank you so much. Can we give a shout of praise to our Father? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the things you're doing, Father. Thank you for the things you have done. Father, we thank you. It's your glory. It's your glory. It's your glory, Lord. What are you thankful for? Give your shout of praise. Give your shout of praise. We want more of your praises and your powers, Lord. We want more of you and less of us, Father. So, Father, come right now and fill us up with your joy and your love so that we can seek you and be with you more and more, Lord. We are nothing without you, Lord. We are broken without you, Father. We are hopeless without you, Lord. So fill us up, fill us up, fill us up, fill us up. As we continue to serve this, Lord, we thank you so much once again. Put a special protection upon these kids as they get ready to learn your word and hear your Lord, Lord. Fill them up, fill them up. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jehovah. Thank you, Java. We thank you so much. We thank you so much. Amen. We want to continue in a spirit of worship as we bring our tithes and offerings to the Lord. If I could have the ushers come forward. We love him because he first loved us. We give because he gave. If you'd like to give electronically, there's a way on the screen. You just text give to that number. The link will come up. Lord, we just, we thank you for all that you've done in our life. We thank you for the time, treasure, and talents. Lord, we thank you for the blessings that are in our life, Lord. And I just pray that this offering that we give would just be a small token of our appreciation, of our love for you, that we acknowledge you as our Savior and our provider. And we thank you, Lord, that we can trust you to provide for every one of our needs through your riches and glory, Lord. I pray that you, I pray that you would just bless the giver, Lord, that you would multiply that seed according to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And as the offering goes by, why don't you just take a minute to just jump up and say hi to somebody real quick. Just say hi to somebody real quick. Say hi to a lot of people. Give them a handshake. Give them a hug. Give them a high five. This isn't an organization. This is a family. Amen. Oh, that, oh, that, 
Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. If you have your Bibles with you, let's open up to Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. Joshua chapter 1, verse 9, the sixth book in the Old Testament. You don't have your Bibles or might be one close to you. You can always pull up your app or we have our boy Zeke who has been nice enough to put it up on the screen. You know what? These guys are like the unsung heroes over there, like the sound and audio people. Like, like if they're not there, like this doesn't happen. So we need to give a shout to them guys. The book of Joshua chapter 1 verse 9 says, Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So this has been my fourth message. This is going to be my final message unless the Lord begins to deal with me about having courage. And I believe that if you've sat here and you've sat under this word, that the word is going to do what it does, that, uh, that you have, uh, that your faith has increased and that your courage has increased. Because if you look back at this passage, I want you to notice what it says. It says, have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? It wasn't just, hey, you know what, it would be great if you're strong and courageous. It's a command. He says to be strong and courageous. If we look back, that's what it says. Have I not commanded you? And if we go back and we would expand into that entire chapter, we will see that God repeatedly told Joshua, be strong and courageous. He didn't tell him one time. He had to tell him multiple times again and again as you read those few verses in chapter 1. It says again and again, be strong and courageous. Why do you think God had to tell Joshua so many times to, to, to be strong and courageous? I believe because God knew that Joshua's greatest challenge wasn't going to be anything externally. It wasn't going to be walled cities or enemy armies or, or, or even giants. His greatest enemy was going to be internal. It was going to be the doubt, the the, the insecurity, the fear. Listen, you guys, everyone that's under my voice, I need to tell you this and you need to hear this. You are more, you are capable of far more than you even think. But what holds you back is not the external challenges that you face. What holds you back is the internal lies that you continue to tell yourself. You, you, you lie to yourself and you, you say that your circumstances are greater than your God. That's what holds you back. And, and I want us to understand that fear is something that we need to actively fight against as Christians. The Bible says that anything that's not of faith is of sin. And so, again, what holds us back is lies that we believe. 
And who's the father of lies? The devil. When we're in a storm, when things begin going wrong, then all of a sudden our fear begins to tell us that we will not overcome the storm, but the storm will overcome us. When we need a miracle and, and there's no way that we're going to be able to go on unless we get a miracle, we begin to get doubt and fear that it's not going to happen for us. When, when we want to witness to somebody and we want to be a witness for Jesus, like the Bible says, then we, we get scared that people are going to reject us or we're not going to have all the right answers. And those are just some of the fears we face, but I want to speak about a different fear today. I want to talk about the fear of the unknown. And so my, my message title is simple today. It's courage to step into the new. Courage to step into the new. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. And Lord, I thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you that you are raising up a strong and courageous people. Your word says that the righteous are bold as lions. Lord, so I pray that you would give us boldness. Lord, I, I pray that a spirit of fear would just be bound and that there would be no spirit of fear active in the people's lives under this message. Lord, I pray that you would break that spirit of fear in the name of Jesus, Lord. And I pray that you would raise people up that would do everything that they're called to do, no matter how big or scary it looks. So, Lord, may your words be true and may every man be a liar. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, it, it's hard to believe. I, I, was, I talked to somebody that I went to school with. They reached out to me, called me, and talked to me for about an hour. And they said, you know, I, I, it's still hard for me to believe that you're a pastor. I said, honestly, I said, it's hard for me to believe I'm a pastor. Because I never thought that my life would go on this route. I never thought that I'd be standing in front of you preaching a message. But our life comes down to certain decision points. There's certain choices in our life. There's certain times where we kind of come to a fork in the road. And depending on the choice that you make, it changes the entire traje trajectory of your life. I never thought that I could preach. I never was super comfortable with talking in front of people. And they say that most people aren't comfortable with public speaking. They even have a name for it. They call it glossophobia. Glossophobia is the fear of public speaking. They say, you know, 75% of people are scared to speak in public. And I think, you know, we, you worry that you're standing in front of people. You worry that you're going to forget what you say. You, you're worried that you're going to look funny, right? And, and so you're kind of scared to, to speak. You're, you're scared to misspeak. And I can tell you that, like, with preaching, I think that can even be amplified because we live in a day or time where people can go on YouTube and you know, before you used to just be able to listen to guys in your neighborhood, right? You go to church, but now you can go to YouTube, you can go online, and you can listen to some of the best preachers and teachers that are, that are out there. And, and you know that, okay, if I stand up there, they're comparing me to this guy who's been preaching like 40 years. And on top of that, you know, you, you 
You, you need to be biblically accurate. It's serious with God's word, right? You, you have to, you're, you're going to stand an account for uh, teaching God's word. And we have a lot of people that aren't really accurate with God's word. I, there's a lot of preachers out there that I, I think that they're preaching from the book of first and second opinions uh, more than anything else. But I, I look at where God has brought me. You know, 12 years as a senior pastor, I've preached in, you know, different churches, different states. I've preached at pastor's conferences. I even did uh, a video class uh, for our district on, you know, how to uh, put together a, a sermon and things like that. But it, it only started because I was asked to preach, and I was scared. It was during the time we didn't have a pastor at this church. I was bringing in different pastors. The church was hanging on by a string. I would bring in retired guys and evangelists and basically anybody who I could get, and we would give them an honorarium, and I was just believing that we would limp down the road and that one day God would send us a pastor and he would bring the church back to life. Well, I got a cancellation on a Friday. A guy couldn't preach, and I reached out to my district supervisor and said, hey, we don't have nobody to preach. He said, I guess you're preaching Sunday. Like, I don't think that's a good plan. I don't know what to do. I don't, I have, I, you know. He said, well, you know, you, you've listened to sermons, you know, you read, read the Bible and just, you know, just pray. And just do what God put on your heart. And I had a choice in that moment. I could have just said no. I could have said, you know what, this week we're just going to do a testimony service. Or we're just going to do worship for the entire service. But I made that choice that God was opening the door. And that's all I've ever prayed. All I've ever prayed was, God, if you open a door, I'll walk through it. I'm not going to go around looking for doors to run through. But God, if you open a door, I will be faithful to walk through it. And God opened the door. And I had a choice at that moment to say, okay, you know what? I'm going to step up and I'm going to answer the call of God on my life. And because I made that choice, I was stepping into a totally new thing. And trust me, your, your, first, your first sermon's probably not going to be very good. Maybe your first 10 won't be, but how do you get to the good unless you go through the bad? You have to be willing to kind of step into new territory. And, and I can tell you, like, if you want to reach your promised land, like we're talking about Joshua crossing into, from the wilderness into the promised land. Like for them, it was a, a destination. But for us, it, it's, it's our destiny, it's, it's the place that God is calling us. If we gave it all to the Lord and we did what God called us to do, to, to live the life that Jesus said, I've come that you may have life and you may have it more abundantly. And if you're going to apprehend that abundant life, if you're going to achieve the destiny that God has for you, then you better be prepared to stretch yourself and come out of your comfort zone. I had, to, I had to say that when I preached that first message, Lord, if you don't help me in this, this is going to be a disaster. And, you know, it wasn't no Billy Graham sermon, but it wasn't a disaster either, right? God was faithful, and, 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 I, and I developed a, 
a style and I began to, to, to get better and I began to, to train myself and teach myself. And when you step up into places that are uncomfortable for you, it forces you to grow. It forces you to grow because as long as you can kind of stay in your comfort zone, like everything's cool, like you know everything. You're good at this level. You're good in this place. You have it all figured out. But now when I step over here, all of a sudden I don't have it figured out anymore. I got to start from the bottom. I got to be humble. I got to learn. I need to pray more. I need to follow God more. I need to open my Bible a little bit more. I need to read some books. I need to listen to some, uh, so, some other messages. I need to challenge myself so that I can grow. And how many of you know that we are called to grow as Christians? But you won't grow unless you step out and, and challenge yourself. And, and if you never step out, you're never going to realize everything that God put inside of you. God has placed gifts and talents that are in seed form, right? We call it potential. And what waters that potential is those new challenges. We have a tendency to run away from challenges, but we should run to the challenges. We should look at those challenges as opportunities. We wouldn't know who King David was if it wasn't for Goliath, right? He, he ran to the challenge, and he became a giant slayer, but up until then, he was simply a shepherd boy. You will never know what God, you know, you might say, man, I, I never knew that I could sing like that. I remember, like, you know, you see Trey up here leading worship, and he seems so natural in it. But, I, I mean, it was, it was my sister-in-law who basically forced him to sing Amazing Grace. And he'll tell you, you know, I didn't realize that it was in there to be able to sing. But he stepped out, and he did it probably because, if you know my sister-in-law, she's extremely strong-willed. And... <laughs> And she probably basically forced him to because he was a young kid then. But, but stepping out of that place found a gift and a talent and an ability that's blessing us today. But if he would have never stepped out, he would have never known that he had that singing ability. And when, you, when you're willing to step into new places, you open your life to new possibilities. When you expose yourself in environments that maybe you're not familiar with or, you're not on, or, or that you're not comfortable with, then all of a sudden you, you're exposed to a whole different way of living and, and different possibilities. You, you don't want to be like, we had this one particular friend when we were in school and he was so insecure, like he didn't want to be anywhere where like he wasn't the top dog. You know, and you'd be like, hey, do you want to come over so-and-so's house? First question is, well, who's going to be there? Right, Because he didn't want to be around anybody who he was unfamiliar with. And that's how we get a lot of times. We don't want to be around people that we're not familiar with. But when you step into a different circle, then you open your eyes to new and different possibilities. This church is part of a movement called the International Church of the Four Square Gospel. And, and they have their own pastors conferences and leaders conferences and all that but I will intentionally go to other pastors and leaders conferences in different denominations because I want to expose myself to different circles and different possibilities. 
you know, I, I want to go to a place where, you know, usually when we run in the same circle, everybody's exchanging all the same information. It's just getting recycled from person to person. But when you learn to step out in new places, then you expose yourself to new possibilities. And if you are the type of person that is scared of everything new and everything different, then what will happen is during your life, you're just going to keep walking around the same mountain and the same mountain, just like they did in the wilderness. You just walk around the, the, the same mountain, not really going anywhere, just kind of in the same thing. And, and even though stepping into a new place may be scary and doing new things that you're not used to may be scary, when you step into that place that if God does not show up for you, you're going to fall flat on your face, you'll experience what it is to be truly alive. In that moment when it's like, God, if you don't show up and do something here, I'm going to look like a complete fool. But you know what? That's the way we're supposed to depend on God, and God always shows up. Why? He said, be strong and courageous, for wherever you go, I will be with you. And when you realize that that, that God is all you need, then all of a sudden things begin to open up and you feel alive. And, and if you refuse to step out of your box, you'll never really experience that feeling of being fully alive. And one of the greatest examples we have of, of a group of people stepping into a brand new place is when the Israelites crossed from the wilderness into the promised land. And that's what we're going to read today in Joshua chapter 3. And so I want to go through this because I believe that the Lord wants to bring some things out um, of this word for us. So um, if you were already at Joshua 1, make a right and head to Joshua 3. Let's read it together. Verse 1, Joshua rose early in the morning. And they set out from Acacia Grove, and they came to the Jordan, he and all the children of Israel, and lodged there before they crossed over. So it was after three days that the officers went through the camp. And they commanded the people, saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites, bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. I just want to pause right there because uh, maybe a lot of people don't know what the Ark of the Covenant is. Probably heard of the Raiders of the Lost Ark, right? That was about the, the Ark of the Covenant. But, but back then they had this, this Ark and it was where the presence of God dwelled. It was a, it, it was a box that, that contained, uh, it contained the, the Ten Commandments and it contained a, a pot of manna and it contained contained Aaron's budded rod, and it was, it was really this, it was the, the sign of them of the very presence of God with the mercy seat. And so they would carry it, and, and they, they would follow after it, and wherever that ark went, that's where the presence of God was for them. So the Levites were just, it, it says that they were the priests, so they were the priestly tribe, and they would be the one that would handle this ark of the covenant, and so that's basically what that is. So if you're wondering what the Ark of the Covenant was, that's it. Let's go to verse 4. It says, Yet shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. 
2,000 cubits is about half a mile, a little bit more than half a mile. It says, do not come near it, that you may know the, the way by which you must go, for you have not passed this way before. So he, God's saying, like, this is a totally unknown path for you. You don't know where you're going here. You're, you're embarking in a new place, so there's an urgency to follow strict instructions exactly the way that God is going to lay it out because there's times in the Old Testament because they mishandled the ark that people actually died because they violated the holiness of God. So they had to follow these instructions because God was bringing them to a new place. Verse 5, Joshua said to the people, sanctify yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And what's Joshua doing in that moment? Joshua is proclaiming faith. He's saying sanctify yourself because we're going to see some miracles tomorrow. He, he's promising that God will do a miracle for the people. And, and you got to understand the weight of this because God has to show up for this. Like Joshua has big shoes to fill. He is the successor of Moses. Right? Moses is, is looked on as, you know, just the greatest leader that, that Israel had ever had. Now Joshua is stepping into his shoes and saying, sanctify yourself because God is going to do miracles. He's going to lead all those people down to a river and he's trusting that God is literally going to make the river stop and pile it up in a wall and they're going to be able to cross over on dry ground. I mean, this is an extreme amount of faith. This would be like me telling you guys, hey, look, this is what we're going to do. We're all going to line up outside of the church. You guys are going to follow me down to the Ohio River, and God's going to stop the waters, and we're going to march in and take Aliquippa. Amen, right? It's kind of like the same, you know, it's like the same thing. Like, we kind of read over the words, but we don't realize, like, what he's really saying, like, He's saying like, hey, this is going to happen. And everything is contingent upon this. Verse 6. Then Joshua spoke to the priest saying, take up the Ark of the Covenant and cross over before the people. So they took up the Ark of the Covenant and they went before the people. Now God is going to respond to Joshua. The Lord said to Joshua, this day I will begin to exalt you in all the sight of Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, I will be with you. You shall command the priests who bear the Ark of the Covenant, saying, when you have come to the edge of the water of the Jordan, you shall stand in the Jordan. Verse 9, Joshua said to the children of Israel, come here and hear the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, by this you shall know that the living God is among you, and that he will without fail drive out from before you, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Peruzites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, the Jebusites, along with the termites and the flashlights. Verse 11, seeing if you guys are paying attention. Behold, the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth is crossing over before you into the Jordan. Now therefore, take for yourselves 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one man from every tribe. And it shall come to pass as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests who bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of the Jordan, that the waters 
of the Jordan shall be cut off. The waters that come down from upstream, they shall stand up as a heap. Again, this is a miracle that will point to God's choice of Joshua as the leader of the Hebrew people. Essentially, Joshua is the new Moses. And just as Moses led the Jews out of slavery in Egypt, Joshua leads them from the wilderness into the promised land. Verse 14, we're almost done here. So it was when the people set out from their camp to cross over the Jordan with the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people. And as those who bore the Ark came to the Jordan and the feet of the priests who bore the Ark dipped in the edge of the water. For the Jordan overflows all of its banks during the whole time of the harvest. And that the waters which came down from upstream stood still and rose in a heap very far away. At Adam, the city behind, beside Zaretan. So the waters that were down in the Sea of Araba, the Salt Sea, failed, and they were cut off. And the people crossed over opposite Jericho. Then the priests who bore the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan. And all Israel crossed over dry ground until all the people had crossed completely over the Jordan. Wandering 40 years in the desert, 400 years in slavery, 40 years in the desert. Now finally the time has come for them to cross into the promised land. And when I was reading this, God just really dropped in my heart that if there's any of you that feel like you've been in the wilderness, that you've been wandering around, that you've never been able to get to the place where God wants you to go, I believe that this is your season, that this is your year that your days of wilderness wandering are over and it is your day to step into the promised land. Amen. And so what can we what can we take from this story if we if we want to step into a new place we know that number 1 we need to follow the leading of God. We need to follow the leading of God. In verse 4, it says, uh, Joshua said, there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it, that you may know the way you must go, for you have not passed this way before. When I'm getting ready to step into a new place, I need to be sensitive to hearing the voice of the Lord. So if you're getting ready to step into a new place, then you need to up your quiet time. You need to up your devotion time. If you need to wake up early, then do that. You need to make sure that you're in the word. You need to make sure that you're, you're praying. Maybe you even need to consider fasting so that you can hear his voice better. And for those of you who don't know, we're going to start our year off. We're going to start, well, it's going to be January 8th to the 28th. We're going to be doing a 21-day fast. And we'll give you more details on that. But if you've never fasted before, you're, you're shutting the, the voice of the flesh so that you can hear the voice of the Spirit. And so you need to be able to hear the word of the Lord when you're crossing into, uh, when you're, when you're crossing into a new place because you don't know it all. You need wisdom. You need to be equipped by the Lord. And it's one thing to be able to hear what we're supposed to do, but it's another thing to discern the timing. Both are important. We need to hear what we're supposed to do, but we also need to understand when 
we are supposed to do it. Hearing the voice of the Lord and, and knowing what we're supposed to do is usually the easy part. Figuring out exactly when we're supposed to do it is kind of the hard part. And that's the mistakes that, that people make. People either run ahead of God or they get too far behind. They, they run ahead and they begin to try to force doors open when it's not their time yet. You know, David was anointed king of Israel when he was a teenager, but he didn't become king till he was 30 years old. After he, became, after he got anointed, he went back to tending sheep. I can't imagine in this day and age that, you know, if somebody was anointed, they'd be storming right up to the front. I, I've been anointed for to be a king. You need to get out of here. Be like, dude, you're 14 years old, man. I don't know. Smelling like sheep. But that's what happened. But people go around and they try to push doors open and they try to rush before they're ready and they don't want to do their time. But, but God will open a door. He has, he has a, a time that, that is set for you. But you don't want to get too far behind God either. There was a distance that they were supposed to stay behind the Ark of the Covenant that, that, that God was going to lead and they were going to go. But, but they weren't supposed to get ahead or behind. They were supposed to stay at that place, and sometimes we can get too far behind. God calls us to do something, and we go around and we talk to 55 people. Well, I don't know if I should do this or not. I don't know if I should do this or not. I don't know if I should do this or not. And you try to get 100 confirmations. Well, God, you need to show me a sign. You need to show me this. You need to show me that. And, and what happens is we get too far behind. So we need to be able to hear clearly the voice of God. And how do we hear God? Because there's nothing scarier than the person who says that God told me everything, but you're looking at them like, I don't think God told you that. And it's hard because if you, if you try to tell them that God didn't tell you that, then you're basically telling them that they don't know how to hear from God. So we don't want to be the, a weird person who is not listening to anybody and runs around and, and says that they heard everything from God because the Bible says that we see through a glass darkly. And there's a simple rule to discern the voice of God, and that's by the mouth of two or three witnesses, the thing is confirmed. So first of all, you know, one of your witnesses, so God speaks something to you, right? That's one. Now we look at the word of God. Does it, God is not going to speak to you and tell you anything that's counter to his word. I can remember a, a, a lady coming up to me. She said, you know, I, need, I really need to pray whether I should divorce my husband. I said, well, has, has there been any infidelity? No. Has there been any abuse? Well, no, not, not really. You don't got to pray about it. You know, it, you don't have to pray. You don't have to pray about things like that. The, the Bible, God's not going to speak to you something that's against his word. And so does it agree with God's word? And then there's going to be things that maybe are gray areas. You know, you're going to make a major life decision, major job change. Maybe you're going to make a move to an area. This is where you really need to sit down with men and women of God who you trust, who you know you love, and not the people who just are going to tell you what you want to hear. We all know we could go to them two or three people and they'll tell us what we want to hear. 
because they're people pleasers. But you need to get with, to, with some seasoned men and women of God and say, hey, this is what I think God's telling me. What do you think? And then it'll bring clarity to your life, and it'll help you from, from making mistakes. It says that in a multitude of counselors, there's safety. So allow yourself to get two or three witnesses, and then you, you'll be able to follow the Lord clearly, and you won't get too far ahead or too far behind. The other thing that you need to do if you're going to step into a new place is to raise your standards. You need to raise your standards. Verse 6 said, sanctify yourself. Another way we could say is purify yourself, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Do not think that you can raise to a higher level and keep the same cruddy character. Because your gifting can lift you up. But your gifting will not sustain you at a high level unless you have the character underneath to sustain you. There's lots of people that have giftings that, 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 that walk through doors and, and they get raised up because people are enamored with their giftings, but they don't have the character to maintain it. So you got to raise your standards. If you want to do greater things, then you got to look at the things that you have inside yourself. We all have issues. We all have things that we fight. We all have things that we struggle with. And you need to give a serious look at those and say, you know what, I need to get better. I need to have a higher standard for my life if I'm going to be raised up into a higher place. The higher you go, Basically, the higher you go as far as leadership and the higher you go as far as responsibilities, you give up rights. You don't have more rights as you go up the chain. You have less, right? There, there's things that somebody can do that just attends this church and comes to this church that I could never get away with. Why? Because there's a higher standard for leadership. And so for you to step into a higher place, you need to raise your standards in every area of your life. And if there's something that you know you need to deal with, deal with it. Deal with it so that God can raise you up and bring you to the place where you need to be. Amen? And finally, you need to step out in faith. You need to step out in faith. Verse 13 talked about that it shall come to pass as soon as the soles of the feet of the priest who bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of the Jordan, that the waters of the Jordan shall be cut off. Now notice something, when, when, when God parted the Red Sea, Moses just raised his staff and the Red Sea was parted and they walked through. In this case, he told the priest to step into the water and then the water would begin to separate. So they had to step into the water first. They had to Follow what the Lord said and step into that water. And as they stepped into that water, that's when the water began to part. Can you really preach a sermon one day? Could you really write your own song? Could you lead a Bible study? Could you share Jesus with somebody? Could you pray for somebody that they're going to get healed and watch them get healed? Could you start your own business? Could you run for public office one day? The answer is yes. Yes, you can. You want to know why? Because God is with you. He says he will never leave you or he will never forsake you. And you'll never know that you can walk on the water until you get out of the boat. 
until you take that step of faith. And it may not always feel like it, but God is always with you. And sometimes you just need to sit down and you need to get into a quiet place and you need to tell yourself, God is with me. God is with me. I can do this. I can, I can step into this place. I can step into this greater place. I can do greater things according to his word because God is with me. I'm not by myself. I'm not doing this on my own. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives inside of me and he will empower me and he will provide for me and he will give me wisdom that I don't have and, and he will open doors that, that no man can shut because God is with you. God is with you. The time has come for us as a church and the time has come for you to advance from where you're at. If you felt stuck, it's time for you to get unstuck. Time for you to do better. Time for you to be courageous, be strong, and be courageous. God didn't give you a spirit of fear. He didn't give you a spirit of fear. Fear is a spirit. And it's not the Holy Spirit. We're not called to be cowards. We're called to be strong. We're called to be courageous. But strength and courage are, are not found in ourselves. It's not found in our flesh. This isn't a courage in our, in our flesh and our own talents and our own abilities. It's, it's a strength and courage knowing that God is with me every day of my life, every moment of my life, that God is there with me, that I am a temple of the Holy Spirit. And let me ask you this question. What would you do? Tomorrow, if you were really certain that God is with you, what would you do? What are you holding back from? What is that thing down in your gut that says, I really want to do this, but I'm just, just scared. I'm just scared. But what if God was speaking to you and saying, take that step. Take that step, and I'll go with you, and all the resources of heaven will come with you. What would you do? If you could just bow your heads and just be quiet before the Lord. What is that thing? Allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you right now. Amen. I want you to say this. God is with me. He will never leave me. He will never forsake me. You're an overcomer. Amen. You're an overcomer. You're an overcomer. You're an overcomer. Time for you to step into the things that God has for you. Don't, don't settle for dysfunction anymore. Don't settle for your life to be a mess anymore. Step out. Believe God's word. If, if, you know, if you come to a fork in the road, if somebody, you know, challenges you to do something for the Lord, do it. Step out. Trust him. Believe him. When you do that, you'll live the abundant life. Amen?
Amen. Before we close, I just want to, I don't want to take it for granted that every one of us in here is Christians. Because that's where it starts. It starts with that first step. It starts with the step that I say yes to Jesus. The Bible says that we've all sinned and we've all fallen short of the glory of God. That means that every one of us is a sinner and has broken God's laws. So that sin has separated us from God. Yes, Jesus died in our place for our sins, but we have to accept that gift. We have to have a time in our life where we make a stand and we say, yes, Jesus, you are my Lord and you are my Savior. Thank you for dying for my sins and now I will give my life for your cause. I will give my life for the kingdom of God. If I could get every head bowed and every eye closed today, if that's you and you've never made Jesus your Lord and Savior, I just want you to stick a hand in the air and just make this the day of your salvation. Is there anyone here today? I won't take very much long. I think I created a new word, very much long. Amen. Amen. Could we stand to our feet? Be strong. Be courageous. Be strong. Be courageous. Be strong. Be strong. Be strong. Be courageous. Don't be fearful. Trust the word of God. Trust in the word. Trust in God. Trust him in the storm. Trust him to come through. There's nothing that you're going to face that's bigger than your God. Nothing. There's nothing. There's nothing. There's nothing. Do you realize that even in death we're victorious? No matter what comes my way, I always have the victory. I always have the victory in Christ. Amen. Every promise is yes and amen. But you got to be bold. You got to be bold. You got to be bold. You got to be strong. Strong in your faith. Strong in what Jesus did for you at that cross. Take the step. Trust him. Believe him. And 2024 will be the greatest year of your life. I hope that you believe that. I hope that you receive that. Let's go out in a spirit of worship. Thank you, Lord.
let me hear your voices. Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power. Our God, our God, our God is greater. Our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power.
God is for you. Who can stand against you? What can stand against you? What are you scared of? What are you worried about? Do we not have a good father? Do we not have a miracle working God? Is he not our healer, our savior? You know, what did you come to the table? What did you come this morning with just stress on your mind, worrying and fearing? But meanwhile, God is with you saying, I got everything you need. Be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. That you can have peace in the midst of the storm. That you don't have to worry about the storm, but literally your presence coming, carrying the presence of God will calm the storm around you. That's what you walk in. That's what you walk in. That's who walks with you. You're his representative. You're his ambassador. You're his hands and feet. You're his voice here on the earth. Could we lift up our hands? Lift up our hands to heaven. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. Until we meet again, may the blessing and the favor of our Lord Jesus Christ rest upon you and your house. Go forward. Go out in victory. Take the land. Amen? Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Have a great Sunday. Have a great week.
Light in the darkness, my God. 